Let's go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. My name is Justin Belanger. Thank you very much for tuning in today. Every single time that you guys click on that High Button Podcast link, it means the world to me. At the end of the day, this podcast uh, is my goal to make it big. It is my dream to make it uh, successful and to interview people from all around the world. And as I see the podcast grow on on a weekly basis, I guess you could say, you have no idea how much that means to me. So thank you once again from the bottom of my heart for supporting the High Button uh, in any way that you do. So today on the High Button Podcast, very excited about this guest, um, Andrew Lesperance. He is a mountain bike athlete for the Canadian national team. That's kind of a big deal. You know, Canadian national team, any any sport that you represent Canada in, to me, that's a, that's a huge accomplishment. This guy travels the world uh, competing in mountain bike tournaments. To be quite honest with you, I'm not too, uh, I'm not educated in the in the sport. You know, I, I want to know how it works. I want to know the distance. I want to know: is it all on rock? Is it on mud? Is it on cement? Is it, you know, how, how do these competitions work? Uh, Andrew actually went to the same high school as myself, Halifax West. He's friends with dudes as well. So I thought it would just be a cool, uh, a cool interview to mix it up, trying to switch up the sports. We always talk to, ho- to to hockey, lacrosse players. We had a couple of basketball players on, and I just thought that this would be a, an interesting interview different mountain biking I used to mountain bike when I was a kid kind of pulled away from it because hockey consumed my life so we'll see what kind of life Andrew lives here traveling the world competing in mountain bike races representing the Canadian national team so it should be a great podcast hi button I'm Justin we're talking to Andrew here we go all right Andrew we are going I think Sounds good. Test, test. Yeah, we're going. How's life, man? Good. Real good. Yeah. yeah uh, enjoying being home on the East Coast. Uh, you know, with the travel schedule these days, I don't get to spend a lot of time here. So, yeah, just enjoying it. But at the same time, you probably love just, you get to travel the world and do what you do, man. Totally. That's totally. the dream. That's the dream. But, I mean, yeah, home is home and, yeah, you can't beat that. It makes you appreciate home so much more when you travel the world. Like when you come home, it's almost like a vacation when you come back here, just seeing your friends and family. Yeah. I noticed that in the past. It's it's almost rejuvenating. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, yeah. Um, there's like a, it's always busy when we get home just because we spend so little time. But I mean, I just kind of do my best with it and try to see as many people as I can and enjoy it. Good. All good. So man, you know. How did you get involved in this? You know, it, growing up in Canada, it's it's either hockey or curling. Yeah. You know, how how did mountain biking or should I say mountain biking? Yeah, or yeah, mountain biking. Mountain yeah. biking. How how did how did you get involved in this? Well, I mean, we certainly weren't like a hockey family. I have three older brothers. We played lots of different sports, but more, you know, none of it was hockey. Kind of soccer, volleyball, um, those sorts of things. But my my older brother um he bike raced a little bit 
and as a family we always rode bikes together so like you know going going to a cottage in the summer we'd we'd bring our bikes and that'd just be like a family activity um yeah i looked up to my brother like uh like most uh you know brothers do um and i kind of wanted to be like him so if he he bike raced so i just i really wanted to do that and um, I did my first race when I was 13, 12 or 13. Is that the average age when people start getting into the sport? I don't know. It could be earlier. Like could now it? we have, uh, you know, you have kids on bikes like real early and you can start racing when you're, you know, nine or 10. Um, but I would say that's kind of average yeah. to start. Um, yeah. So I did my first bike race, loved it. And then it just kind of went from there. <laughs> How do you find the love for that? Like when most people, like for myself, when I played hockey, I, I knew I loved the sport when I, I scored my first goal. Like, so for mountain biking, how do you find out that you just, you love it? I don't know. Like, uh, growing up, we spent a lot of time outdoors, uh, you know, to mountain bike, you, you get to do a lot of the same. So, you know, tr- riding a bike, is just, it's inherently fun. Like you're yeah. outside, you're riding trails you were hanging out with friends, that sort of thing. And then that competitive aspect like brought another level to it. Uh, so you like that competitive aspect totally, of it? Yeah. I mean, I love both. Yeah. Um, but you know, I might've won my first race. I'm not sure, but I might've, you know, my first or second race, I got a, got a feel for that. Yeah. And early on, I think I did quite well. And you know, that, that kind of just gets the ball ball rolling. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's cool, man. I I think anything that you fall in love with at the age of 13 and you're still doing it, how old are you now? 27, 8? 28, yeah. Dude, that's crazy. All those years putting into your craft. Yeah, it's pretty wild. And now look at you, you yeah. know, names in the paper representing Canada on this stage. Yeah. That must be a, a proud moment for yourself, but also for your family as well. Yeah, totally. It's, uh, you know, you, you get stuck. Sometimes you get stuck in, you know, what you're doing. You get stuck in this, like, really high performance bubble that you're in because all the people you're surrounded with are just these like superstars you know in your sport in, in my in my sport so it is good to step back sometimes and just kind of look at you know this is pretty awesome what i'm doing and you know f- look how far i've come that sort of thing that's really cool yeah do you ever i, I guess i want to know more about the the competitive nature of mountain biking because when i was looking at some of your pictures i noticed that you were wearing the same jerseys as as other people so how does a team work on mountain biking are you an individual or are you working with a team i guess is my question so um in mountain bike there's not a whole lot like once we're out on the track racing there's not a whole lot your like teammates are going to be doing for you it's more sort of behind the scenes like you travel around together. Oh, you, okay. um, you know, you're on a team that has a few staff to take care of the team. You have, you ride the same equipment. You might help each other out in training, um, like learning courses. You'd, uh, you know, obviously, obviously spend a lot of time together. Um, and that kind of support's important. Um, and then, yeah, having good teammates to create a good team environment. Yeah. Just cause, 
I mean, you're on the road a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah? Yeah, so it uh, it makes a difference. I'm thinking of Tour de France right now. Tour de France, whatever. Yeah. When you're biking and there's a car coming beside you to hand you off like little packages of gel. Is yeah. there anything like that in mountain totally, biking? Totally, yeah. So, but how do the cars get to you if you're in the middle of the woods? or how? Do so it's not from a car. Okay. Um, you know, our race or our race courses are like between four and five kilometers long. Um, and then there'd be a spot that you might hit twice a lap where you have staff members in there ready to hand you a bottle, hand you any, uh, you know, maybe energy gels that you might need. Okay. Um, and they also have equipment to help you fix your bike if anything goes wrong. So sometimes you do have to stop mid race. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, you know, flat tires, for example, there's, you know, part of our sport, just like in F1, sometimes there's flat tires. Um, so it's, it's called the pit kind of just like F1 and we just roll in there. Um, you have your, uh, your people in there. They'll try to get you in and out as quick as possible. Then you're like back racing. Is that a frustrating feeling though? Knowing that you have a flat tire and then there's other people getting ahead of you. Maybe you're leading in the race. Yeah. Yeah. So it's an actual piss off when that happens. Oh yeah, totally. That's, uh, I mean, you want to avoid that. You need to. Um, sometimes there's really just unlucky flat tires where it just kind of comes out of nowhere. Sometimes it's maybe a mistake you made. Um, you're always kind of weighing, um, you know, there's different lines that you might hit you, uh, on the course and maybe one has a sharp rock. And, uh, if you choose to hit that line, um, and, and you puncture your tire, that's just kind of, that's the way it goes. Do you ever go through a practice run before you start? Totally, yeah. So, so what are you looking for when you go through this practice run? Yeah, you want to look for, um, obviously, the fastest lines. You also want What to does look, that mean, the fastest lines? Just, uh, you know, the fastest. Ultimately, it's a, it's a time sport. So, you know, the fastest person around the course is, is yeah. going to win. Um, so you want to find the, the fastest line that you can g- get through. Um, uh I guess to explain a mountain bike course, it might be, it might be a meter wide. It might be half a meter wide, or there might be a really wide section where there's a bunch of different lines you can choose. Um, okay. So if, yeah, if you're riding your bike, maybe one of the lines is smoother than the other, but it's slower. Maybe one of the lines is a lot rougher. So thus riskier, um, but it's faster. So you're kind of weighing those options and in the lead up to a race, uh, we have, you know, a few di- few days on course to ride around, scope it out, figure out um, how we're going to ride it, how we're going to race it, and then uh, and then send it on race day. So are there are times where you're going through the practice race not full speed, almost just almost walking through it, just trying totally, to totally, yeah? totally, yeah. So um, typical like lead up to a major race is arrive a week before. A week before. A week before. Yeah. Wow. Um, you know, often part of that is to, uh, like, just learn the course. Another part of it is often we're traveling over to Europe to do these races. So just to you need to give yourself some time to get over jet lag. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in those days leading up to the race, you're um, yeah, you're just learning the course and figuring it out. And uh, you know, sometimes there's stuff that, um, like. Uh, they're called features, but um, technical aspects of the course that are quite challenging that you need to practice so that you're ready to hit them like full gas in the race. What's the diet like before a race? Twenty four hours? Is it a lot of oatmeal? Is it granola bars? Yeah, I chicken? mean, 
uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm kind of boring. I pretty much eat oatmeal every morning. Is there energy in oatmeal, though? Oh, yeah, good to Is go. Is there? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, especially if you add some maple syrup, <laughs> lots of fruit, good to go. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, what about liquids? Just pure water? You mix Gatorade? Um, yeah, just like a, a better version of Gatorade. Um, just, uh, yeah, uh, from various what about wh- companies. What about while you're riding, though? While, while you're racing, like a really high carb yeah. um, drink, that's what I do. Okay. Um, so kind of like Gatorade, but way more sugar. Oh, you want sugar, eh? Yeah, you want, you want a good mix of sugar and electrolytes. Um, and that's, that's kind of what works for me. When it works for, or, or sorry, when you're working on your cardio, do you ever mix it up and don't get on a bike? Do you ever run? Do you ever do anything else to, to almost mix up the, the cardio aspect of your body like that? Yeah, a, a little bit. Um, mostly in the off-season. What's the um, off-season for, for mountain biking? Yeah, for the off-season. Um, probably, you know, beginning of October till, I mean, we started racing in second week of February this year. So kind of October okay. to February. It's a long season. It, it is a long season for sure. Um, wow. But yeah, we, we do a little bit of running just to switch it up. Um, maybe, you know, maybe a long hike, depending on what terrain you're on. Some people cross-country ski in the winter. Like oh, that's yeah. a really good uh, workout. Yeah, I mean, we, we have to do, or we get to do a lot of hours of training. Um, so you know, depending on the individ- individual, they might want to switch it up and keep it fresh. Yeah. It's always good. So I was looking also at some of your pictures and like, there's fans at these events, totally. you know, like I'm not trying to underplay what you do. Yeah, like yeah. I know it's a big deal, but yeah, yeah. I just never knew that there were fans at this and, and there was people coming out to these events in the middle of the woods. They're setting up stands. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's so, really cool. Like, are you on the pinnacle of Canadian? You must be if you're on the national team. When you're going to these events, are, are there people coming up to you asking for advice and, and things like this? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think a, a, a big part of my... Um, role as an athlete is to be a good role model so i'm always available to you know chat with anyone that 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 wants to chat but yeah there there are a lot of fans at these events it's Um, crazy the pictures that you're posting it's really cool like the um yeah the racing in europe especially um we were just at one in Lenzerheide, switzerland i think the numbers for the weekend were like thirty-three thousand people and it was just um yeah, they're all dispersed throughout the woods. They bring cowbells. Sometimes they bring, uh, they take the bars off of chainsaws and just like run them as a noisemaker. No way. Yeah. Um, yeah, and they're yeah always cheering for you. And yeah, it's awesome. Would you say mountain biking is more popular in Europe than it is in Canada? Um, I'd say so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, for sure. Um, of all the... So... I primarily race the World Cup circuit, um, and of the, there's two stops in North America, um, okay. maybe only one actually this year, but one or two stops in North America, and there's um, six, six over in Europe. So why is, why is that? Do you think? It's uh, I'm not really sure. It's it it is just kind of like a European based sport. Wow. Yeah. 
that's kind of cool though like get to go over to another part of the world and yeah. race like especially what did you say switzerland you were just there yeah we were just in switzerland that's yeah. like come on you yeah kidding it's pretty me? sweet yeah that's good. amazing yeah we often get to be in pretty cool places in the mountains too it's yeah it's good you must have met a lot of people over your career around the world yeah for a lot sure. of cool I mean, people yeah there's uh yeah, like I was saying earlier, this little bubble, it's like this traveling circus. You know, you see all the same people. Oh, it's all the same of, people. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot of the same people that you're racing against. But yeah. yeah, I've, you know, I've met people or, you know, friends from New Zealand, Australia, um, you know, all over Europe, that sort of thing. I want to talk to you about the... Uh the competitive side of the sport, you know, when I think of formula one racing, you know, there's people that get cut off and then get pissed off. And yeah. is there anything like that in mountain bike racing? You know, you, totally. you just hate someone. Yeah. I mean, imagine, um, so on the start line we have, you know, the biggest race I've, I've been in, it was insane. There was like 240 starters and like a regular world cup is like 120. So you have 120 people starting all together all inches apart the gun goes everyone's racing for that first piece of single track and it's going to funnel down to just one person wide so there's going to be some contact there's going to be some shit that goes down during that race um and and especially that first little bit so it's, it's pretty wild the start of these races and then there'll be stuff that happens you know, throughout the race, you know, sometimes by accident, um, maybe, maybe sometimes purposeful. I'm not sure. What's the key to getting off quick at these starts when everyone's around you? Um, well, I mean, training it for sure. How do you uh, practice that though? If you're only with like six people training, um, like, like just the physical training, I mean, so just like having good power so that you're able to, um, just being strong basically. Okay. Um, it's like doing, yeah, like doing sprints or like being able to, you know, hockey skate really fast for a short period of time. You, oh, you need, oh, like a sprint. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Like a sprint. Yeah. Because um, it does, it starts from zero to basically as hard as you can go. Um, for how long though? Um, You know, it, you know, into the first single track, it might be like one or two minutes of like really high intensity <sighs> stuff. That's tough. And then... I mean, it doesn't really settle down. So you need to be able to do that, then continue to go fast. Wow. Um, but yeah, you can, you can practice starts. I mean, we do a lot of work just practicing starts on your own. And then you just have to be kind of aware of your surroundings when you're in that big field. You want to, uh, I often try to just look a few riders ahead um, off the start of these races, depending on the train and, you know, how fast it is sometimes there's crashes so you'll just see you know you'll see on the left hand side a bunch of guys going down and and you'll want to move to the right um to just try to avoid that so you don't get caught up how long did you say these races are the distance um so it's not so much distance the like target race time is between an hour 20 and an hour 40 what do you mean by that so like so i mean every different every course we go to is different it might be, you know, it might be a 12 minute lap or it might be a 14 minute lap. So as the race organizers try to aim for somewhere in between an hour 20 to an hour 40, but they typically, you know, let's call it an hour and a half. Okay. Yeah. So you race that one day and then you, you start again the next day? 
no nope. so, so just one day it's just a one day race okay one day race um yeah hour 30 everyone starts together yeah um depending on the course you, you know you're doing six seven laps and then there's prize money for the person that finishes first like how, how does it work when that yeah in that so aspect yeah, it's like golfing pious winner most yeah, cash there's lots of different um uh things i guess there's kind of like yeah there's like the one day placing yeah um i mean i'm in world cup mountain biking i'm not sure the prize money is actually like that good yeah um but yeah you get prize money maybe 10 deep okay you also get uc it's called uci points what's um, that uci is um the international cycling union um and uci points count towards your world ranking um so so yeah the um and then that world ranking also helps determine your start position at these races really so you know if you do well at a race you know we talked about the start there earlier like 120 guys if you're at the back of the 120 guys you're gonna have a tough time if you or you know you're midway through or towards the front you're gonna have a a better shot at uh at doing a good result. So everyone is lined up based on the world ranking. What's your world ranking? Uh, I think it's, you know, definitely top 100, maybe, maybe 80th, 70th right now, something like that. Okay. Yeah. What's the average age for these, for these competitions? Um, like you ever see 35 year olds, 40 year olds out yeah, there? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Do you? Yeah. There's some older athletes. I mean the, in the elite category, it's basically anyone 23 and older okay um so uh yeah i I guess maybe peak age for our sport or is you know mid 30s 33 34 cool that sort of thing throughout the distance of a race is it your main objective i well this could be a stupid question but is it your main objective to always be in the lead or is it almost nice to be in fifth place sixth place and looking at the guy in front setting the pace so you can stay with him yeah, it really depends on the um, depends on the course, the competition, where you're at. At like a, you know, for you know, at a maybe a North American race for me, um, you know, depending on the course, if it's a more tactical one where you might might not be able to get away, or if the course isn't hard enough to kind of make a gap between you and the other riders, it might be more of a tactical battle where you're watching each other testing each other how do, um, how do you sorry to cut you off but how do you test another rider so so this is this is fun like trying to explain uh why like, is it all right sorry yeah, i just no, yeah, i need fun. to know it's, totally um so like on a on a track there might be there's you know ups downs there's technical sections there's smooth sections um you know the hardest section or the hardest part of racing is is definitely the climbing it's harder to go uphill than it is to go downhill um so as a rider you can create separation between you and the other riders by putting an effort in or like increasing the speed on that hill and then it's kind of like man to man you know if you're stronger than the other person you might get a gap and then you might be able to like pull away um yeah, just 
it, it kind of just depends on the racing. But yeah, ideally, if if you're if you can just stay out front and stay out front the whole time, you know that's gonna that's going to uh, <laughs> help you win the race. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, you said um, you just said a North American track compared yeah. to a European track. Yeah. what's the difference? Um, yeah, I, I guess maybe I was more referring to the field uh, or, the f- or, or like the track, uh, the um, the quality of the field. Like, obviously, when we're at a World Cup in Europe it's all the best people in the world. Yeah. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, a lot, there's a lot more guys out there, a, a lot more, um, strong guys out there. So may, m- there's going to be, a, you know, tighter racing throughout. Um, and in a North American race, it's going to be, um, yeah, maybe just different courses as well. Okay. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Have you uh, t- ever talked to the number one guy in the world? Um, maybe, maybe briefly. I think. Uh, What's his name? So the there's a couple really good guys in right now. There's one that's his name's Nino Scherter. He's from Switzerland. Okay. Um, he's 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 kind of won everything. Um, he's like the real deal. He's the real deal. Um. <laughs> But we, we were in South Africa at a race, and we ended up just on a – the day after the race, we ended up just on a little ride with him, which was super fun. Yeah. It was cool to – I think I, I might have said a word to him, but that's about <laughs> it. I don't really know him, like, to go chat yeah, with him. Yeah, that's fair. Um, and then there's another dude named Matthew Vanderpool from the Netherlands, and he's kind of like – this next level person how old is he young he's young he's like 22 but he's he's kind of like uh he started he's really good he's like one of the best in the world across disciplines what does that mean disciplines so there's lots of different disciplines of cycling so there's like you were talking about the tour de france that that's road cycling there's something called cyclocross there's what we're doing mountain bike oh okay, okay um so this guy matthew vanderpool is pretty much the best in the world across all three of these disciplines. Like he can win races Wow. in all three. Um, so that's really impressive. And he's like, he's definitely bringing the level of our sport up. Um, yeah. So what's the difference between a guy that's number one, number two to a guy that's, you know, in the middle of the pack, like, you know, I'm sure you guys are all amazing. You guys are all <laughs> on a, on a world-class stage, but yeah. what's the difference between this number one guy and someone that's in the middle of the pack is it just that is a good question if you you'd probably have a lot of money if you could tell me (laughs) what that difference is um yeah i mean it's it's that's a tricky question it's it's really hard to say you know i think our sport i think there's a huge mental aspect to our sport um so you know yeah mental strength is huge um obviously just like physical capacity Mm. Um, and it is like very much a fitness based sport. Um, so there, you know, the, the amount of training you do and then, you know, what you were given to start with, uh, what does that mean? Just like, um, I guess just raw talent, I guess. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm kind of like, I, I need to believe that, you know, talent is kind of a, I think talent exists but I think a lot of it is hard work. Um, Agree. At least that's what I'm telling myself (laughs) because that's what I need to believe. Yeah. Uh, 
but yeah, the, you know, obviously it's a fitness based sport. Um, people have different capacities. Um, so yeah, I mean, I don't really know what the difference is. (laughs) That's fair, man. It's a tough, it's a tough, uh, yeah. I thought you were just going to say speed. He's just quicker. Well, I mean. <laughs> that's the bottom line answer, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, bottom line answer. That's just it. Just quicker. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, uh, at these races, sometimes like start exp- uh, start position makes a big difference. Like, like I oh, was yeah, saying. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I agree with that. I, you know, this is a guy looking out. But like I thought the guy that would be in first got to start last. It's like, all right, you're first, man. Relax. Go in the back <laughs> or something. That was, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be a good setup. The guy that sucks should be at the very front. Give yeah. him a head start or something. You you write to the UCI and you <laughs> yeah. tell them your idea. And, I'll uh, get the head guy on the podcast. We'll yeah. beef it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, You, you mentioned uh, the mental side of it. And I think mental side of sports is really cool, especially the past 10 years, how it's become more of a conversation and how athletes are finding an edge. Do you find it's harder to have a, a strong mental about your sport before or during the race because you know when you're before a race you, there must be a little anxiety going through you like okay you got to do well or is it during the race where okay i got to get to first right now you know, where, where's the hardest part for the mental aspect of your sport i think um i honestly think like kind of what you do every day and what you do in the lead up to a race is actually the most important when you think about a race it's um an hour and a half long and there's a bunch of other waking hours in the day and i think you know the mental the mental side of things leading up to that race you know in the hours before the week before is is the most important i think once you start the race at least for me if i'm on a good one there's not a whole lot of thinking going on and and that's like the best case scenario it's just it's just kind of uh, process and performance it's like second nature when exactly. you're when you're actually racing yeah. it's like i've done this my whole life yeah exactly and it's i guess the mental side of thing is getting to the start line in in a position to um execute that are you on the bike every day training or do you take a day off one day off a week pretty much but every other day on the bike so how does the training regimen work? You're not going balls to the wall every day. No, no, exactly. A lot of it is actually quite, you know, quite easy riding. Yeah. Um, and then a small percentage of it is is really, really hard. Um, Let's talk about the hard stuff. What's the hard part of that? Hard, you know, um, so I guess like we do interval training as like probably most sports do for conditioning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we do intervals from you know 20 seconds long to 30 seconds long to four minutes long to 20 minutes long so obviously uh probably like lower intensity as you get up to the longer uh like amounts of time yeah obviously but um yeah interval training we do a lot of technical training so just like trying learning to ride the bike better um over the rough terrain yeah um obviously that that pays huge if you if you can go you know you're on a if you can go 10 seconds faster over in one section of a course that will add up to a lot of time over seven laps you know what i mean okay i see what you're saying yeah what's your favorite uh course to ride on do you do you like dry mud do you like going rock do you like gravel what's your favorite course um 
Yeah, I mean, I like the wet conditions. You posted that photo of that gnarly Well, that was running. a wicked photo. Yeah, it was a sick photo. So they, they don't cancel races if it's raining. No. Eh? You just go. No, you just go. That. Do you wear goggles? We wear, yeah, we wear like sunglasses. Do, like, even even if it's raining. Even if it's raining. But how do you wipe them off? Like clear lenses. Um, in that race, I would have just tossed them once they got too... Um, tossed them. Too, too muddy i would have just tossed them to my guy in the feed zone or tech zone oh i thought you meant just like in the woods no no i, I wouldn't just ditch yeah, a I was pair. Say. yeah um but yeah we, they don't cancel races because of the rain we just kind of go out there so do you kind of like the rain i, I do a, i do like the muddy races it kind of yeah. makes it a bit of a a little more wild a little yeah. more open um i'm good i'm really good a good technical rider and i'm good in those conditions maybe compared to others. Yeah. Um, so, so I like that. Um, in terms of like my favorite course, it's probably uh, the World Cup course in Mont-Saint-Anne. Where, where's that? So that's up in Quebec, um, just oh, outside cool. Quebec City, Mont-Saint-Anne. And that's actually where world championships are in less than two weeks now. No way. Yeah. You, you must be pumped. Or is right now you're not pumped. You're like nervous now. Well, no, I'm, I'm super excited. It's going to be awesome. Um, home world championships, you know, having world championships in Canada is huge. Uh, I raced them. I did my first world championships uh, nine years ago at Mont St. Anne. Wow. And it was just an incredible experience. You at a, at a world championships, you race for your country. So you wear, um, you know, a, a kit with the maple leaf on your back. And, you know, all the fans on the side of the track see that maple leaf and they just go nuts. It's insane. Like there is one climb on that course where it was so loud. You, could, you couldn't hear yourself think it was wild. What's the feeling wearing that maple leaf, man? Uh, it's, everyone, it's amazing, man. Yeah. It's giving me uh, sh shivers right now. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's amazing. A lot of obviously I love Canada. I have a lot of pride for Canada every time I come home from away i'm like yeah this is the place um so yeah it's uh it, it's a real privilege and yeah looking forward to it how many uh people are on a mountain bike canadian national team um so i think we're bringing a pretty massive team um to our home world championships i think i saw something like 70 athletes across two disciplines so downhill mountain biking and cross country okay and yeah, they're offering um, spots quite deep or, you know, extra spots to people um, to, to use it as like a development um, process just to, you know, it, it's at home. It's uh, logistically a little bit easier than, say, a European World Championships. And they, and they get to do that. They get to experience that, like, you know, racing the best in the world at a World Championships. And yeah. that's going to fuel their athletic career uh, further. That's cool, man. Yeah. What do you think your biggest strength is? Biggest strength? Um, you know, def definitely uh, I'm really good at training, I think. So, you know, the training process, the, you know, the off-season work, I, I love it. Um, I have a ton of fun with it. Um, I think I'm a really great technical rider and always trying to improve on that. And then... The mental side of things is is something that I would I would call it maybe an area area of opportunity for me. I okay. think uh, I've I've been putting a lot of work into that, yeah, and uh, it's getting better and better. And I think it you know 
sky's the limit there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever see the sport evolve? You've been in the sport for such a long time. Have you ever seen the sport evolve from where you started to where it is now? When I think about the game of hockey, the past 10 years, it's evolved. But your sport, anything like that? Yeah, definitely. The um, So the, the races have been getting faster and they've been getting shorter. Um, when I started, you know, races would probably be more like two hours long. Okay. Um, we, we, we didn't really talk about this, but all, uh, all the world cup races are, are televised by Red Bull TV. Sick. So, um, to do that, to do that well, they want, they want a course where you can see the riders a lot, um, a lot of different times, right? So you can have some good coverage of the race. So that sort of TV coverage has helped shift our sport to be, you know, be raced on shorter courses have it be have more technical features that are impressive um, to watch on TV, um, and and that has you know that's forced riders to adapt their uh, adapt their training, adapt how they prepare for these races. Has anyone ever asked you to put a GoPro on your bike for footage? Um, yeah, I think yeah, I've I've definitely done a few races with GoPros on just to. Um, but it was your choice. It was my choice. Okay. Um, there i think we did have to sign something just like racing world cups saying that um you may be asked to put a gopro on your bike um but i mean that's they're they're doing that maybe for the front of the field Mm. um to yeah just grab some of those angles i i think there's a real opportunity there to uh you know increase the interaction between fans and the riders and just bring those different angles i mean they could put they could put gopros on every bike yeah. and uh, kind of tune into uh, the, the different angles of the course. Tuning your bike before a race, is that you or do you have someone do it for you? Luckily, we have someone someone on our team to do that for us. Do you it's, prefer that or would you like to do it? I, I much prefer someone else taking yeah. care of my bike. Yeah, we have some, you know, some real professionals, some really good guys that, uh, yeah, take care of our bikes. They wash them, change tires for us, take care of everything. Like when we're at a race... The bike, we don't touch the bike. We just kind of have them take care of it. And it's it's never, it's not always been that way, obviously. Like, and, you know, still occasionally, um, you know, I'm very rarely, actually, I'm taking care of my own bike at a race. But, yeah, it's, it's we're pretty lucky okay, to have well, that good team behind us to, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, hypothetical, us. you're in the middle of the race and the pit yeah. stop isn't, another five minutes down the road and your chain falls off your bike. Yeah. You're, do you just put that, the chain back? Us. That's yeah. you. You just put yeah. it back on. Exactly. Yeah. So we, we, we do have to have a pretty good understanding of the technical aspects of yeah. the bike because in a pinch, um, yeah, we, we have to fix it. But what if, okay, another hypothetical, let's say your pie, your tire pops yeah. and you're five minutes away. How do you get there? You got to run with the bike. Yeah. You could run with the bike. You could ride the flat tire, which is slower, but still possible. Uh, it's more challenging to do, obviously. You don't have as much control. Um, yeah, you could carry stuff to fix it, but then it's kind of like you're carrying more weight around, which, you know, might slow you down a bit. So yeah. it's kind of weighing those options. The, um, you know, there's on each course, there's probably some unlucky stuff places to flat, you know, to get a flat tire where yeah. you are, like maybe the furthest away from that, that help in the tech zone. Um but typically, it's there's two places to get help a lap, 
So you're never really too far away. Can you give me a story about maybe something like that that happened to you during a race? Yeah, earlier this year um, at national championships, actually, just uh, just outside Barrie, Ontario. Um, I yeah, I was I was in the top three, you know, having an awesome ride, <laughs> and just this this really odd flat tire just going around a corner and boom, flat tire, and then. I mean, at that point, especially when you're having a good ride, it's like, it's challenging. It's, you know, you're kind of the race as you expected it to unfold or as you maybe saw it unfolding is kind of over. And then you kind of need to shift your perspective and say like, okay, this is what I'm working with now. I'm going to ride this tire to the tech zone. And yeah, that's kind of what you had to do. I, I was real far away when this happened. Yeah. Um, oh, that's so frustrating. So it ended up being a, a really long ride and uh, run to the tech zone. But I, I just kept going because, I mean, that's just in my nature. I didn't want to quit. Um, and then I got it replaced and then uh, kept riding. But, I mean, I was kind of out of contention at that point, but kept her going anyways. Man, that must be the most frustrating feeling. Yeah, totally. Yeah, like in in hockey, what is there any technical things that can happen? Like you break a stick, skates, break a blade, break a blade, but then you just go, you miss a shift. Worst case scenario. Yeah, exactly. You know, but like being in the lead and that's frost more frustrating than breaking a blade. Yeah, for sure. Because it's an individual sport. Like it's you against everybody. Yeah, totally. Oh. Yeah, and if you, I mean, you break a stick, you stay out there for a bit, and then you just go get a new one. Exactly. Yeah. No, man, that's. That's cool though. You know, it, it it adds an element of I don't want to say luck, but it just adds an element of something to the sport. If you can be in first and you can be ahead, but something like that happens, you're done. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so, just an it's it's cool. Yeah. And I mean part of being like a a good athlete and a good mountain biker is being able to take care of your equipment out there. So like you know, riding smoothly so that you don't get these flat tires or, you know, shifting smoothly so that maybe your chain doesn't fall off. Like it's all, it's all part of it. Right. Yeah. Like, I noticed that you're all scraped up and shit. Like you're, yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Have you like flipped over your handlebars in the past couple of months? Yeah, no, I mean, just, just on Sunday at a bike race down in Kentville, actually, I had a pretty gnarly crash. What happened? Just, uh, yeah, I slipped out on a route going downhill pretty quick into the into the bushes, into the trees. Um, my my eyewear flew off, and then I just kind of you just kind of jump back on as quickly as possible, and then keep her going. Have you ever broken a? I don't want to knock on wood knock here. Wood, no. Knock wood, but has nothing, anything ever happened? Nothing major from biking. Mostly just other stuff growing up. Like broken bones were just uh, a few growing up, but nothing major from biking that must be part of the sport is just coming home with like a big scrape on your leg I, I couldn't imagine how many times in your career that you've just yeah exactly just left a race bloody yeah yeah for sure and yeah i mean or just continued racing with all the blood over you you know it's That's just badass you just you just roll with it have you seen some bad injuries from other guys you must have seen something totally yeah um yeah, I mean, I don't really have any specifics. I try to, like, forget that stuff. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, advice for people trying to get involved into the sport. Uh, maybe something that you learned 
throughout your career that you could give uh, advice to a 13 year old right now? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I started I started racing at this little this short track series that's held over in Seaview Park mm. um, in the north end there, put on by Cyclesmith, uh, the bike shop in town. And I mean, that's where I started. And, uh, you know, it was it's like a weeknight thing. It's just like a 20, 30 minute race. Super fun. There's lots of other kids around like that. That's one place to start. And then there's all these, um, you know, skate parks or dirt jumps or uh, pump tracks popping up in different communities around the province. Yeah. And I think that's I mean, just playing around on bikes uh, is, a, you know, that that's where I st- that's also where I started like growing up okay. you know riding with my brothers and just doing that sort of thing and it all it all kind of helps develop those skills and it's a whole lot of fun too yeah yeah I want to do it yeah totally. I just want to try it yeah for sure we got a cottage out in Bridgewater and there's trails out there I don't have a bike that's the problem I gotta yeah. get a I have a like a bike but without shocks yeah yeah so totally. that would obviously suck yeah yeah you need to update that yeah, I know yeah. I do, but I like the I, I like the long distance. Do you totally. like that stuff? Like oh, on the totally, the yeah. road? Yeah, exactly. We we spend a lot of time training on the road. Do you? Um, you know, this morning I went for a three hour road ride. Did you actually? Yeah, three hours. Three hours. Is that like not a big deal yeah, to you? It's, oh, Jesus, not, not man. a big deal for us. So where'd you go? Um, around Peggy's Cove. So just out to Tantallon, past Peggy's Cove, and back into the city. What time did you go? I might have left just before eight, something like that. Took about three hours. Yeah, you say that like it's not a big deal to me. Yeah, that's I mean a it's not it's not a big deal. I like, guess your cardio's on point right now. You can yeah, just do totally. that. Yeah, I mean it's all. Yeah, we're we're in good shape for sure. How many people did you go with? I just I just went solo. Did you? Yeah. Did you put me? Did you put uh, music in? Sometimes. Yeah. I, I didn't this morning. I just kind of rolled with it. It was a nice morning, and yeah. So um, do you do that for pleasure or for training or both? No, that, that's that's for training. That's yeah. like that's prep for uh, the upcoming races. So that's what you're talking about. Like you're good at training. You're, you're yeah, just good exactly. At it. I enjoy it. It's it's like the best part. It's a cool province, I'd imagine, to to train for biking. You're on the water most of the time. Yeah. I think the highways are pretty good here for for biking. Yeah, they're pretty good. I mean, there's always uh, there's always a few motorists that aren't keen to have you out on the roads, but I mean, for the most part, you know this morning no real close calls and everyone was pretty you know gave me some space so that's good is that the key to like go early in the morning when the roads aren't as busy or it's just you just want to get it out of the way type thing yeah i um i mean yeah that's a good strategy going early before the before everyone's busy or just picking roads that you know aren't too busy yeah um yeah are your knee do your knees ever get like I run, I don't really bike. I run yeah. a lot. My knees sometimes get sore, but do your knees ever get sore from biking? Not really. It's a lot lower impact than running. That's why I want to. That's why I want to yeah, exactly. try. You know. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, a lot of people blow their knees out running if if you do it enough. Yeah. Um. So so yeah, I mean, cycling's a great al- not alternative, but like supplement to that. Yeah. I um, want to try it. And it's. I mean, it's pretty sweet. Like to be able to go a hundred kilometers in in three hours like that's that's pretty awesome you get to see yeah. a whole lot more than you know if you went for a 100k run you'd be out there for a while <laughs> i thought i thought you were gonna pull up here on a bike today 
Yeah, I was thinking about <laughs> it. I just I just finished the ride like kind of late, and I just had to book it over here. In the that's in the fair. Trip. Yeah. So how do you got a place here? You said you're traveling a bunch. No, we are myself and my fiance. We we do this together. Actually, we're on the same team. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go well, congrats, fiance. That's yeah, awesome. Totally. Man. Good for you. Yeah. Um, we're really lucky we do this together, but we're pretty much out of a suitcase. You know, ten months a year. No way. Um never really in in one place for more than two weeks um it's awesome and i'm yeah the fact that we get to do it together makes it like yeah great and possible but yeah we don't really we don't really live anywhere um my parents my parents are here her parents are uh in uxbridge just outside of on uh toronto okay in ontario um so we spend some time here in nova scotia we spend some time there um we spend quite a bit of time in victoria on the west coast love victoria yeah beautiful beautiful yeah. city yeah. um and then the rest is kind of on the road uh training camps racing that sort of thing and you wouldn't have in any other way yeah i mean i'd i'd love to have more of a steady base would you like it, it would be okay. it would be nice um i think uh yeah it definitely all that travel definitely wears on you yeah um but again it's just like the nature of the sport like we in the winter we kind of have to chase that good weather um i mean that's one of the reasons why we spend time in victoria it's we love canada and yeah. that's one place in canada where you can uh ride year round uh, it's a lot it's pretty wet sometimes it just rains so. all the time yeah, yeah exactly yeah that's cool man yeah. well it seems like you're living a really cool life yeah yeah it's that's I'm, awesome i'm stoked on it uh <laughs> yeah gonna keep her going for as long as i can and we'll see see what happens awesome man well yeah. andrew thank you for coming on man cool i appreciate it thanks a lot man everyone that's listening thank you very much go to all of our social media outlets like subscribe comment youtube facebook itunes soundcloud i think i got them all we're out guys peace
sand 